Hello, and thanks for listening to this week's message from the Napoleon Church of the Nazarene, where we exist to help people take their next step in a transforming relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope that as you listen, you are both encouraged and challenged as you take that next step in your walk with Christ. Good morning, church. For those of you who may be confused, I am not Justin, all right? So... Let that be a statement first. Six and a half years ago, we felt that this church had a big void in it. And we went through the process of trusting Jesus, trusting the Holy Spirit, that he was going to fill that void. What we didn't know was that already in that moment, in the moments leading up to that, he had already done that. He had already been moving in the heart and the body of Pastor Chip and his family to come up here. And today, this is so much bigger than just the man or the family or even the process. This is about Jesus. This is about Jesus and the way that he's moving in this church and in this community. And if you're here for the first time, you're, you're, you're here to witness something very special. Because we get to witness the moving of the Holy Spirit, because just as the Holy Spirit moved in Pastor Chip six and a half years ago, he's moving again. And we get to come alongside and watch him move and move on. We are not alone in this process. So, Pastor Chip, would you mind coming up? We as a church have gotten together a few things, a proper transition I promise we will not roast you too long. So, in an effort to make sure that Chip knew he was loved, because we know he gets a lot of flack, um, we decided that we wanted to do something special for him and in moving down to Lima. So, in this card, Chip, we have a, a couple things. Uh, one, you, there, there is one gift card for here in Napoleon, so you have to stay here for just a little bit longer, but um, a gift card for the golf shop here in Napoleon, $500 gift card for that. We also have a, uh, a gift card to the Grand uh, up in Michigan uh, because we were told that you like golfing up there. I think you're just all about golf for some reason. I don't know. but We also got a couple gift cards for coffee shops. We know you like to do your sermon prep uh, in the coffee shops, and so we went down to Lima and sought out some coffee shops, got you some gift cards there. And then uh, we also, we didn't want to forget Nicole. You have to serve Nicole when you get down there. So we got you a gift card to a steakhouse uh, while you're down there as well. But then on top of that, um, I'm not sure if this is appropriate to hang in the office of your new church or not. But we, uh, we, we, took, a, we took a portrait here and we got a, we got a watercolor of Nap Naz. And uh, we want you to know that in the end, you will always have a home here at Nap Naz. And, uh, you know, my parents always hated when I said this, you know. Good parents don't make good kids. Good kids make good parents, right? It made sense to me. A good pastor doesn't make a good congregation, right? A good congregation makes a good pastor, right? Is that? No. Chip, we love you. We love your family. And uh, we thank you for being an example of what it means to uh, listen to the Spirit, listen to Jesus, and, and really do that throughout these six and a half years and doing it now. So, thank you. Thank you. 
I up? Oh. Wow, that's a... So truly today, these days are always about something bigger. It's a day to to reflect. When there's a finishing off of a chapter, you do understand that the book, the story's still being written. Would you guys smile at me? You're killing me here. Smile. And um, I think for me as I've approached this day and these hours, I, I just, let me tell you, this, this verse is what comes to my mind. Oh my goodness, please don't fail on me today. Wow, awkward, <laughs> kind of fitting the office should be in the, <laughs> in the part of the service, the, the music, the part of the service, but um, you know, I was re- reminded of Paul's words in Thessalonians, he said, we always, always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. When you have a transitional day like this, you have to take a step back and realize this is a day to celebrate. Justin did such a good job of setting that table. But for me, it's a day of appreciation. It's a day of appreciation. And so I want to take a few moments and just say thank you publicly. I want to ask those who have been board members while I've been here as pastor, would you please stand? If you've been a board member, would you please stand? Healthy, stay standing. Healthy, effective churches always experience a synergistic relationship and leadership, particularly between the leadership team and the lead pastor. And I want you to look around the room at these people and understand that today is a day to celebrate these guys and what God has done through their leadership. These guys have been committed to the mission above all. They have modeled a laying down of 
their own egos for the sake of the kingdom. They have demonstrated a genuine trust in one another and in me. There is a respect for the responsibility of their role and a godly care for the spiritual well-being of this congregation. And on a day when this chapter is winding down, I want to remind you of the story at large and just take a moment to say thank you to these people. Would you say thank you to them for their leadership? All of them have been so special to me. I I would be remiss if I look back on my time here and not at least said a special word of thanks to Darren. Most all of you know Darren. Darren has modeled an unbelievable passion for this church and a desire to be used by the Lord in a thousand different ways that no one sees. And the reason why these places are healthy and effective and vibrant is because of people like Darren. Thank you, Darren. You have been, you have been beyond words for me and my ministry here. I appreciate it. I want the staff to come up. It's so quiet. Guys, just stand over here. I've written these words down. Because on days like today, I want to make sure I stay very close to the script. Because these words to me are weighty and meaningful in the story of this church. And I want it, I want the words, the content to sit with us. Since the first day, And I can't start crying. It gets really ugly. Since the first day that I spent seven hours with Ben in Indianapolis to this last week, we have never stopped trying to figure out how to serve you well. You guys... guys have become a second family to me. I don't know what it is to dread going into work. I've loved it. I've looked forward to it. They might not so much, but I did. You have set the standard for me as to how a staff should work together. I love you guys dearly. I feel good about the fact that I've told you that over and over, but I want to tell everybody how much I love and appreciate you guys. As I transition, Ben has been tasked with the interim role of lead pastor. But I would remind you that 
all the staff will continue to do what they do so well. And my ask of you is simply this. Would you look out for them? Would you support them? Help them? Would you come alongside them? You are blessed. And if I didn't love this place so much, I'd try to take all of them with me. Joke. Don't read into that. You're blessed. And on a day like today, a winding down of a chapter, the bigger story's being written, and a part of that bigger story is the godly, effective, excellent staff God has given us. And I think it's appropriate on a day like today to just remind them how much we appreciate them. Can you do that? We have a little presentation of our own quick. Oh, my goodness. Comedic relief here. (laughs) So first off, we present you with a shirt for you to take to Lima. Wear it in your first staff meeting if you'd like. Just as I heart my staff, our beautiful pictures around it. And then a box full or a basket full of uh, all your favorites. Thank you, guys. That, uh, they put together, but the feeling the feeling is definitely mutual. And uh, as we prayed over you in staff meeting this last week, I feel like I got all my stuff out, which is <laughs> yes, I, I'm did. committed to not not crying today, so that's good. Um, but we 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 definitely appreciate you and, and thank you for all that you've done. What I'm trying to say is, I know today is like we're talking about me, and and honestly, guys, I want you to see that it's way bigger than me. It's these guys. And any fruit that's here, they are a part of that. And so thank you so much. I love you so much. Thanks, guys. I think on a day like today, as we think over this chapter, I want to make a few personal notes. I'm so grateful for my kids. Supporting me and understanding the unique aspect of this role. They have loved me so well as I have learned how to try to be a good and faithful father to them. And this is an incredibly hard thing to do. But with them, I'm confident. With them, I'm confident in what the future holds for us. Nicole, I don't want to make this awkwardly sappy for everybody else. But I must say thank you to you in this setting. You've been the most precious gift our Savior has given me. You love me unconditionally, kept me grounded been the best support system I could have ever needed. Truly, any fruitfulness I've experienced in ministry is 100% shared with you. You've given me the gift of companionship that helps me believe more fully every day in the grace and blessing 
of relationships that our relational God has given to us. As one of my favorite songs, in essence, says, I could experience all that this world would have to offer, the splendors, everything. And still, if you weren't with me, it would not be enough. I love you, and I want everybody to know how much I appreciate you. Can you just say thank you to Nicole? To you, all of you, you've welcomed me with open arms and loving hearts. We've truly been blessed to have family. We've been cared for. We've been looked out for. There are so many times of fellowship, laughter, spiritual growth through good and bad times. So many shared times of ministry and worship. You've been patient with this imperfect and flawed pastor. And you've given me the room to breathe and to lead. And I am so grateful. I pulled into this town, whatever it has been, six, over six and a half years ago, and never knew that a place I had never heard of, a place I had never been, would be a place I so identify with when I look back over the, the story of my life. And I love you, and I thank you. It has been a tremendous blessing. Thank you for, for letting me be me, and for loving me and my family. Give yourselves a thank you. And so what would I say to you on this last day? As I shared last week, this verse has been what's resonated in my heart. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I guess the things I would want to say to you lastly are the things that Paul seemed to say to those who he had pastored and he had led. Because in these two words, it, it says everything. Grace and peace. If you remember, I talked about the basis of our relationship last week with God is grace. And my desire for you is to live, to live in the grace of God each and every day. To understand that the Father is a gracious and kind heavenly Father. To live in his love. And out of that love gain your confidence and identity. And out of that also his grace which comes in through the person of his Holy Spirit. And now strengthens you each and every day to live into the will and the purpose and plan God has for your life. And that's why I say grace what do you want me what would i want to say to you as i move into a new context grace i wish the grace of god on you each and every day but there's also this word peace peace is commonly defined as a sense of calm 
tranquility, quietness, bliss, contentment, well-being, that we feel when everything is going our way, we'd like it to go, I'm at peace. But honestly, that definition is so inadequate and incomplete in how we understand peace in today's society. Honestly, those feelings of peace can be produced by a pill, by alcohol, by a nap, by uh, a favorable circumstances. Peace in a superficial way can come to us all because of those things. And we can know what it is to have the absence of trouble, so to speak, and we can know what it is to just keep the peace. But in the scriptures, the word peace is much richer and much deeper. If the English word for peace is inches, the Hebrew word and the Greek word in the New Testament for peace is like this. It's arms wide open. The New Testament writers continue the theme of the Old Testament idea of peace. That word shalom. Shalom is the word that in its purest meaning translates peace. But peace does not simply mean peace. The absence of trouble It means peace that is everything that is good. You see, peace is the hope that you may have all the highest good coming your way. And this is what it looks like. Peace is this idea of wholeness. The peace of God brings wholeness to a person's life. It's a spiritual wholeness, an emotional wholeness, a physical wholeness, a mental wholeness. It's not only just that you might experience this, these feelings or the sense of peace, but it's a wholeness and a completeness through every area of your life and then spilling out into every area of this world. Peace is the desire, the hope that you would and our world would see the end of injustice. It's this hope that the rich would no longer devour the poor. It's this this meaning that all brokenness would be set right and healed. It's this idea that people would love one another and that this peace would flow deep and broad, embracing all of creation. That's the depth of this word. In fact, Romans tells us that all creation, animals, plants, seas, mountains, all together groan. For the wholeness, the peace that God can bring and is going to bring. When I say peace to you, it is my desire that you would experience the peace of God, the grace of God, the goodness of God in all areas of your life. It carries this idea of harmony. Peace is harmony in relationships There's a a shalom in your relationships where there's a life-giving nature. There is this support of relationships. There is this sharing. There is this being known and known. There is this opening up of who we are to one another so that we together find wholeness and grace. There's this idea of purpose When I say peace to you, part of the peace that God has for you is that he has a design. There is something that he wants you to do. And there is a peace that comes when the alignment of what you were made to do, you begin to live in. 
And then there's this idea of victory. All throughout the Old Testament, the peace or the shalom of God in a fallen world where there's difficulty and hard stuff you go through. In the midst of that, God is a warrior who gives shalom to his people. And the enemies of our life, like obviously death and the evil one of our, uh, the, the, the enemy of our soul, the evil one, or our selfishness and our sin, or fear and anxiety and apathy. I pray that God would give you victory in all those areas of your life. For the Jews, the hope of this peace began to be wrapped up in a person. For the Christian, we understand who that was. Because when the prophet Isaiah put it this way, For unto us a child is born, a son is given. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. In Christ Himself, His coming to our world, His living and dying and raise, uh, whatever it is, raising from the dead. Is that right, English teachers? Being raised from the dead and then in Him sending the Holy Spirit, His Holy Spirit, it is then the way that we experience wholeness and harmony and purpose and victory. It's God's word for goodness and total satisfaction in life. This is the abundant life God, Jesus has promised. Shalom. It is the gift of precious well-being. It is the establishment of a lasting, righteous good. And I would remind you, how does that happen? Well, the New Testament unveils that. How do I experience wholeness? How do I experience harmony? How do I experience purpose and victory in my life? The New Testament talks about this idea of how peace is experienced in the life of the believer in the relationship with God. He remi- the, the New Testament reminds us that there are three ideas or understandings, prepositions of peace. How does this happen? Peace with God, peace from God. And the peace of God. And I would remind you that peace is experienced when you and I come to a place where having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. The writer in Romans reminds us that that peace comes when the war is over in our heart. When we have given ourselves completely, we have forsaken ourselves our will, our way completely and turned to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We've accepted the work of Jesus on the cross to forgive our sin and out of that goodness of God, our rebellion begins to cease and we begin to live at peace with God. And my desire is for you to always understand and live into this relationship with God where you have been justified by faith. Amen? Gotta say amen today. Give me that. Ephesians 2.14 says that he became our peace and he reconciled us to God through his work on the cross. And peace is experienced in our life when we recognize the sufficiency of God's work, of his atonement, and we trust and rest in completely in that and live into a forgiven, restored, 
regenerated life. And we become at peace with God. But the promise then carries on with peace from God, right? Jesus says, peace I give to you, the peace I leave with you. It is this experiential peace. It's this settled positive peace that, experience, that affects the circumstances of life that we walk through. It is a peace which is so aggressive that rather being, than being victimized by events, it attacks those events and gobbles them up. An aggressive peace that comes from God through the person of his Holy Spirit. It is a supernatural, permanent, positive, no side effects, divine tranquilizer. Peace from God. It's what Colossians says when it says that he prays in verse 15, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. And when he writes to the Philippians, the people at Philippi, he writes this, to not be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. It's this peace that swallows up and aggressively defeats the fear, the anxiety, the challenges that overwhelm our life. That in the middle of life, that there can be this peace that resides deep within us. And that comes from the indwelling person of the Holy Spirit. And then there's the peace of God. Matthew 5 says, blessed are the peace." makers that as we experience peace with God and we experience the this the the peace from God that settles on our heart and keeps us stable in all of life's circumstances we are then prepared to live out the peace that God gives us into our world being peace makers and grace and peace this I this hope this Prayer for wholeness, for harmony, for victory, for purpose. It's experience when you and I have the indwelling Holy Spirit in our life. Having peace with God, peace from God, and the peace of God. And so what I would like to say finally to you is how does, how does this work out? What's the best path forward to experience peace, wholeness, Everything good. I think our core values at this church are a great place to start. And I would remind you that to experience the peace of God, I would once again call you to embody these values that our church has. To allow these values to become your values. To align yourself with these values of worship, connect, and serve. Worship that encountering the transforming Holy Spirit through praise, prayer, and proclamation of the word. And for six and a half years, this has been a place where people can come together every week, well, longer than six and a half years, but while I've been here, to experience the presence of God together in a manifest, in a powerful way. 
And in my own life and the lives of you over these times, so many times through the years, people have come into worship facing difficult circumstances, challenging situations, broken relationships, perplexing decisions, and the worship service has been a place where they have been reminded of the greatness and goodness of our God, and they knew that they could trust Him. How do you live out peace? A firm commitment to worship. Sunday after Sunday, this is a place where we stop our lives to allow the word to be proclaimed to us. And through the written word, we give place for the word of the Holy Spirit to speak to each one of us, encouraging, revealing, convicting, motivating us, leading us to understand how to live lives that realize the purpose God has for each of us. How is peace realized? A firm commitment to worship, saturated in the presence of the Holy Spirit. I invite you to remember to embody connect. Connect that engaging and life-giving community that supports and encourage. This place has become a place where people have developed relationships that have strengthened their faith, given them hope in difficult times, provided joy to them as they have been able to share life together. Friendships are formed relationships that are life-giving are established. I would remind you to experience the wholeness that God has designed for your life. It's embodying this value of community. And as we have been committed to providing a life-giving community, we have begun to model to this community and the world at large the words of Jesus. By this, all will know that you are my disciples by your love for one another. How is this peace realized? A firm commitment to community. And then our last core value, serve. Blending together our abilities, talents, and resources to fulfill the purpose of our lives in the church. Deep within us all is a longing, a desire to be significant, to make a difference in this world, to matter. And God has formed the church for us to realize and meet that longing. And as we combine our abilities, talents, and resources, we get to become part of something that is far bigger than us and that changes the world that we are a part of. We get to experience purpose. We model the example of Jesus as a servant and bring light, hope, and grace into this fallen community and world. How are you going to experience wholeness and peace? By living out the life of Jesus and finding your place, your role, using your gifts and your talents, sharing of resources together to live out the purpose God has for you. I say grace and peace. My desire is exactly this. My hope that you may have all the highest good coming your way. But the blueprint's there. It's worship, connect, and serve. And if that's true, if that's true, if we're a part of something that is lasting 
It's eternal. The kingdom of God that is in breaking into this world and then going to be forever. Then truly today for me is not a day for goodbye. It's a day see you later. No goodbyes today. Don't tell me goodbye. Tell me see you later. Because as the people of God, living in the kingdom of God, we understand that, guess what? A hundred years from now, you're not getting away from me. Right? So this is just, see you later. Not goodbye. As I finish, I want to share something a little personal. I invite the van to come up. I wanted to finish with this song. I wanted to finish with just something, sharing something a little personal from my own life. and I want them to sing this song because it's just, well, you'll see in a minute. And in the middle of this song, I'm going to come down to the front. And I'm going to invite those of you that would like to, would you surround me? And Ben's going to pray over me. I'm trusting and resting in the power of the Holy Spirit going before me in my next ministry. I'm trusting and resting in the power of the Holy Spirit to continue in greater ways, in greater ways to do what he's doing here. I fully expect that to happen. I can't think of a better way to finish by just praying together. Trusting, expecting, believing, hoping. But you know, probably most of you aren't aware that in my time here, in my six and a half years, that there was about a three-year period where I personally faced the biggest challenge in my life. It was not circumstantial. You were not challenging. Truly, it is a true statement when we say that we are our worst enemy or can be our worst enemy. And the way I'm wired and made up and in my ignorance of those things, I came to a point in my late 30s of tremendous crisis personally. I'm not admitting some secret life, okay? Just rest. But I was ignorant to the way I was wired. I didn't know how to... Anyway, it's a whole story. And I found myself in the darkest, deepest valley of my life. You can ask my wife. As I walked through that and finally begin to figure it out and begin to find the grace and help that I needed. I've thought about this. It was all in the context of a place here that helped me find peace. This community was a place of grace for me to find wholeness. The the relationships were life-giving. 
My purpose was easily found and experienced. And the Holy Spirit was evident in this community helping to bring me victory. As I practiced the rhythms of worship, connection, and service with you, I began to walk out of my valley. It honestly came to a head with my sabbatical. And as I stood in a service in Colorado Springs last summer, and this song was sung, and I heard it for the first time, I realized that there are anthems in our lives. And this would become one of mine. I believe that this place, this community, has been given to all of you by the Holy Spirit to experience the peace God has for you. A peace that will bring you wholeness, harmony, purpose, and victory. And so like myself, I simply encourage you to give yourselves to the things that I did. Worship, connection, and service. And through these things, would you let the Holy Spirit lead you to where he wants to take you and us. And so I invite you to stand. Would you sing this song today? Because I believe the message of this song is the message I would want to leave with you. And as I desire earnestly for you to experience grace and peace, I believe the message of this song is the message we need to hold on to. The Spirit as I'm following, I depend on you, I depend on you for the victories, still in front of
you to make your way up if you want to lay hands on Pastor Chip and Nicole as we send them as we pray. church, being the church. To be known as a church that prays. Father, we've come before you. Boldly, confidently, with tender hearts today. A spirit of thanksgiving and gratitude, God. Pray for Pastor Chip and Nicole. And Father, first for thankfulness. Lord, we thank you. They answered the call to come to a place that they had never heard of. It's only by you. only because they were sensitive to the work of the Spirit in their lives. That we have been privileged over the last six and a half years to call him our pastor, our shepherd, our friend, 
teacher, mentor. And Lord, we bless them as they go. We bless them in their next days. Some difficult ones, some some fun ones. We, We pray that they would laugh a lot. Lord, as they remember this place with fondness. That we would remind ourselves that we're all part of the same body of Christ. With Christ as our head. And we are friends, we are brothers and sisters in the faith. Lord, and we believe these things to be true. And so we offer grace and peace. We offer grace and peace for the days ahead. Lord, we pray that they would model as you've shown. Lord, that they would would lead with excellence. They would love this body of people, Lord, that you've sent them to, that you've called them to in the same way that they would be tenderhearted. Lord, that Lima community would be fruitful in every season. Lord, we pray for that church. Lord, a church in whom you love. Father, we pray that you would give him clarity and vision and direction as he just works through you and in you. That the peace of God will be evident throughout all of their lives. Chip and Nicole, Keegan, Sage, Colby, Selah. Lord, bless them. Go ahead of them. Lord, as they leave this place to the next chapter of their lives, Father, faithfully serving you. And that one day, when you look at all of us and you say, well done, good and faithful servant. You have given yourselves completely to my cause. And for that, I'm grateful. We thank you for this time that we've spent together. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray these things. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from the Napoleon Church of the Nazarene. We invite you to join us each Sunday morning at 9 or 10.30 a.m. for weekly worship and community with other believers. For more information about upcoming events or ways you can connect, find us on Facebook or visit us at napnaz.org. Have a great week.